0: Good morning from Berlin and TGIF. Uh, it is our last day of the industry event, and today we are wrapping it up with Chief Film Critic and Senior Editor for IndieWire, Eric Cohen. Good morning, Eric.
1: Good morning, afternoon from here in New York.
0: Very nice to speak to you, Eric. Um, I thought it's good to talk to you about um, uh, how the week went for you. And uh, as we are almost at the end of a content-packed week, what would you say is your main take from the industry event?
1: Well, the industry event has been fascinating because when you aren't wandering through a crowded EFM, you can't visualize the sort of complex nature of international deal making. So we see it all on the screen. But everything that I've seen suggests that this has been a very healthy, successful event coming off of what Khan did with the Marché du film and a marketplace activity over the past year, I think one of the things that we're seeing is that everyone is very eager to bring audiences back to the cinema and also to get as much money from the streaming platforms as possible. So there's <laughs> a lot of deal-making that's going on uh, on every level. And it's just been exciting to see that the industry has not gone dormant in spite of the many challenges that it's faced in the past year.
0: No, that's true. So, what would you say on that topic? Which were the biggest sales, and uh, you know, the strongest titles, and maybe big surprises?
1: Well, the the I, I'm paying attention to two different sides of the festival. There's the market, and then there's the the selection of the of the film of the of the program. And first and foremost, I think there, it's important to note how different those two things are. I mean, I'm looking at this as someone who has a relationship first and foremost to the American industry. And it's not like we're seeing a lot of big American companies coming in and spending money on the highlights from the program. But on that note, it was nice to see that the new film from Celine Sciamma uh, Petite Maman, would sell to neon the same company that uh, released portrait of a lady on fire here in the United States. That is obviously making plans to, have a, a very robust slate for whatever kind of theatrical market comes out the rest of this year. At the same time, there are a lot of the films that I've enjoyed watching, like Ballad of a White Cow, which is this really wonderful uh, uh, dramatic film from Iran, uh, would be a hard sale for a, for a company for most companies that want films that can appeal to wider audiences, just because it's just not an obvious. Commercial film. so we're seeing the same sort of deal making that I think we would see in a normal year, and that there's a hesitancy to embrace films that might be seen as just harder to attract wider audiences to. But there's certainly a hunger among uh, various companies to get the to make keep these films moving along. And I also think it's exciting to see. Some of the the packages that are being set up for films that are go that are either going into production or recently wrapped production. The fact that there was a a secret film made by Lena Dunham that was sold out of the market is the kind of thing that I think will be very fascinating to follow because clearly many filmmakers have figured out over the past year that it's not like it was impossible to get movies made. You just had to be innovative to do it. So these are the kind these are the kinds of News stories that I'm following most closely, even though I, I realize there are some much bigger kinds of projects that are that are circulating as well, because I think it's these these kinds of stories that are going to really drive film culture over the next year.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, that that sounds like a big surprise. The secretly Dunham project as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, for the. Um, for, for the time, I mean, at some point, uh, I guess this pandemic might be over uh, for some sooner or later. So what would you say, what is your prediction for 2021 and onwards from there? What would be, you know, the main driving forces for the industry? And um, yeah, as you just said, with the, you know, creativity driving, uh, thriving, will this will we come out of this pandemic stronger?
1: Well, it's nice to think that we will always come back stronger than ever before. I think we're going to come back different. And that's always been the case. We were undergoing a dramatic change in this business and in the culture of watching movies, even before everything was challenged by something that n- none of us alive today had ever experienced before. Because if you think about it, Netflix and Amazon and other big companies that were spending a lot of money in uh, in a new kind of way to, to acquire films and produce TV for the small screen, they were already driving the future of the industry. And right now they have become the future of the industry just simply because they're, they're the ones who have uh, the upper hand from a business standpoint. Having said that, I think there is still an eagerness for people to go back to the cinemas. And if you look at the box office in China, where little by little, we see records being broken, I think it's very clear that the idea of of the theatrical experience has not left society. It's just going to take some time for people to figure out how comfortable they are in those sort of circumstances. First and foremost, streaming is a place that allows the most number of audiences to encounter any kind of storytelling. And so it's going to continue to be prominent in that respect. But we have to assume that The theatrical experience and the presence of a movie in theaters will allow a film to have an elevated profile simply because it's a special kind of framework for experiencing a story. And so I think little by little, we're going to see that specialized experience become the nature of the theatrical experience, whether we're talking about large films or or smaller ones.
0: Right. And hopefully there will be a restored appreciation for the cinematic experience coming out of that. Uh, thank you so much to, for sharing your wisdom with us, Eric.
1: It's my pleasure. And uh, I hope that uh, people are really enjoying the experience of following Berlin this year because to me it's it's so valuable that the excitement and enthusiasm, the hype of the festival experience continues to be a part of film culture no matter what form it takes because that itself is evidence that we are still in a part of the world that made it uh, made us so excited to be cinephiles in the first place
0: absolutely absolutely thank you very much eric and now i'm here with afm's Nadja tenstedt who's going to tell us about three
2: highlights of our last day of the industry sessions Thanks, Julia. Yeah, the first one is called The Restorative Image from Impact to Healing. It's a series of fireside chats and it's a collaboration between diversity and inclusion and DOC. We'll explore how film can go beyond the feel-good factor and mediate healing for the benefit of marginalized groups. We'll shine a light on how the industry implements strategies from production to release for these films to have the desired effects on their audiences. We'll have a case study with Tracy Deer on her film Beans, which was selected for Generation, producers and impact producers Linny Minifi and Inuka Bakote, and David Nin, head of PR and publicity at Kino Lorba, and Haitore Augusto, film critic and programmer, will be in conversation. Adriana Chatron, Institute Manager from Imaginative, will moderate today at two, followed by a live Q&A. And what about the second highlight? Well, the second highlight is definitely our closing session. It's, uh, it's really the session that will showcase opinions, per- perspectives that were shared and discussed throughout our past five days. Uh, Wendy Mitchell will give a short overview of the discussions from the think tanks and the think tanks where, you remember, focused on social sustainability, inclusion, and on digitizing the business. There will be other participants from the think tanks going a little bit more into that. And um, Annabelle Mandeng will moderate once again. There's also some fun factors, surprises, and the film score. Very
0: good. And it's almost over again. So just tell us about the last highlight
2: that we can experience. Well, the last highlight is not really the very last highlight, but I'm saving it for last. It's the tiny yoga break. <laughs> Don't forget your tiny yoga break with Kati to get fit for the closing session. The tiny yoga break with Kati will take place at 3.55. Wonderful. Never forget your tiny yoga
0: breaks now or in the future.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Nadja. Yeah, sure. Have fun.
0: Well, that was it with our daily morning briefs. I hope you enjoyed starting your days with us. And if you like the long episodes, there will be regular releases throughout the year. And the next one will be about Global North, Global South and the sovereignty of storytelling in the film industry. Nadia Denton will deconstruct this complex subject for us and discuss the influence of the Global North in production, aesthetics and perspectives when portraying the Global South. I can't wait to listen to this when it comes out in April. And now it is time to say goodbye. Have a fantastic last day at the European Film Market 2021. And we can't wait to see you all again, hopefully soon in person. Fingers crossed.